conversations with prominent pastors, teachers, and leaders. This is the Pastor Well Podcast from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Now your host, Dr. Herschel York. Hello and welcome to the Pastor Well Podcast. This is Herschel York, the Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also pastor of the Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfurt. The Pastor Well Podcast is dedicated to helping those who serve the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry. Today, we are especially privileged to have John Anwuchekwa with us. I said that there right. There we go. Yeah, you did. Uh, all right, man, I practiced. Oh, we didn't even practice in the car on yeah. the way over. No, so. no, no. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I have known of you for a good while and admired you from afar. Mm-hmm. I am delighted to have you, oh, thank you on brother. Pastor Well today. Welcome to to uh, Louisville, to Southern Seminary, yeah. and to the Pastor Well Podcast. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. Well, uh, you're a native of Houston, right? Yep, Houston, Texas. Texas. But now, that last name tells us uh, you are your your folks are from Nigeria, is Nigeria. that right? And you were born there? Is no, no right? I was oh, born in Houston. Houston. Yeah, you? yeah. My mom and dad came over uh, probably 10 or so years before, before you were born. born. Yeah. Where are they from? Nigeria. And what, what part? Um, in Nugu. Okay. Yeah, I, so. I, yeah, I taught at the seminary at yeah, Obomashaw. Okay. So yeah. uh, I know it a little bit. Okay. I actually really love Nigeria. So, yeah. uh, and hope to go back sometime. Yeah. So you went to, where did you go to college? I went to school at Baylor. And then to Dallas Theological Seminary? Yep. To DTS and um, was there from 2006 to 2009. I was part of a church plant in Denton, Texas. It was right outside of there. And then. Uh, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, a little more than ten years ago, and and there you planted a church. Is that right? Yeah. So I was uh, a part of a group of folks that uh, moved from Denton. There, there was about twenty five of us that moved 25. to Atlanta to plant for that church plant, Blueprint that, Church. That, that was why we moved to be a part of a church plant. We were just Christians that felt like the Christian life should be lived in the context of a church and. When the idea came to plant that church, it was, um, yeah, our church out in Denton was really family in the truest sense of the word. Mm-hmm. So there was no big push or convincing. It was, now we feel like God has called us to do this. And it was, I mean, those 25 people just were like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're getting ready to go. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, our, our church has just done this in right. Fort, Fort Collins, Amen. Colorado. So we said my exact pastor moved out there and yeah. pastoring and several families from our church have gone out there and students have transferred to Colorado State. So yeah. we've been through it. That's amazing. That it, is, yeah. it is a great joy to see God work. Absolutely. It's hard to say bye to people you love. But, it man, is. if you're going to lose folks, lose them to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. You know, then spend eternity with them. Absolutely. That's the way to go. So is that what became Cornerstone? Uh, yeah. So uh, – uh, Blueprint is still there right now. Um, let me see. We planted Blueprint in 2009. Uh, one of the guys we moved down with, one, one of my best friends in the world, Richard Mullen, in 2011 moved uh, five miles southwest of where Blueprint was. So right outside of downtown in a neighborhood called the Historic West End. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, you know, poor, disenfranchised. Like think of all the uh, stereotypes of a broken down in, in a in city, city community. Yeah. And Richard moved there with just the goal of, I just want to be a faithful Christian in a place where it seems like there needs to be a display of the light of the gospel. And him and three families moved there. And 
in the course of a few years, those three families turned into, you know, 40 people. You know, some were Christians that lived in the West End but were untethered to a Christian community, and they jumped on. Some were folks that were not Christians but got saved. Some were folks that were part of Blueprint but saw what took place there and moved there to be a part. And four years later, Richard said, hey, it seems like this is the seedbed of a church plan. It seemed like we've planted the gospel in a context and the gospel is born fruit. And now it seems like we need to put some structure and create a, or formalize a church where God is already starting to build one. And so that was the seed of Cornerstone Church. And we planted, um, yeah, about four years ago now. Okay, how's it going? Uh, what's, what's happening now? Excellent. It's, um, it, it's, it's harder than we could have thought, yeah, uh, sure. but better than we ever could have hoped for. So, you know, the church is growing. You know, lots of babies are being born. Uh, we feel like that we're really starting to plant roots there in the West End. You know, the gospel is really starting to go forth. It's just, uh, um, yeah, all the highs and lows that come with the church, but we just sit back and we're floored by the faithfulness of God, drawing people to himself. Um, just presenting a solid, faithful witness there in the West End. So. How, how are you making it financially? How's it? Yeah, tell me about the finances of the church. It's yeah. got to be a challenge. Uh, so, um, no, right? That's great. So, uh, years ago, when Richard first moved there, and he first thought about if it could be a church, a lot of the advice that he got from people was you don't want to start a church there it's not going to be financially viable yeah um and so from day one we just prayed that all right lord we're not going to ask if it's possible for a church to be here um we're going to ask are you leading and if you you are leading us to start a church here then you're going to make it possible and um it's been funny because from day one like there's been a lot of concerns and burdens that we've had as a church. Uh, money has never been one of them. God has always provided uh, beyond and abundantly what we need. So, yeah, God has been well, so faithful with that. You know, John, I've I've been to Cuba. Right. I've seen one of the greatest yeah. church planning movements in the yeah. history of the yeah. world. Yeah. They're doing it without money. Right. They yeah. have no money. They don't have food. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I learned uh, when I was – the time I spent in Cuba is that God does this in ways a lot of times uh, that we're not even thinking about. We, right. We've so tethered the American church to a certain financial model yeah. and having this, you know, we've got to have the right lighting and yeah, sound. Right. And, you know, in Cuba, they don't have any of that. Yeah. And yet God's doing an incredible work. Yeah. So when, when we're, if we say we believe in the sufficiency of the word, right. then let's preach the word. Yep. Let's just start there. And That's the indispensable thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about about preaching. So yeah. you, you preach every week? Uh, no. So I preach probably about 30 times per year. Okay. Um, and then we've got two other uh, associate pastors that uh, preach now, and then we've got some um, gifted just men in the church that we'll call on at times, and we've got three pastoral um interns we're starting to raise up and uh we have one that's an exceptionally gifted preacher so he's preached 
three times over the course of the past year and a half. He'll preach again this year. But yeah, so I'll 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 preach probably about sixty percent of the time in the life of the church. Your what's your preaching plan? Like, uh, are you going through a book, a, a portion of a book, you, or you do a, a series? How do you do it? Yes. So all of the all above. Of the, all right? of the above. Um, so uh, the main diet of all churches through an entire book. If it's a shorter book, then what I'll do is I'll just preach it straight through. So I just did a three-week series on the book of Habakkuk. Uh, We're getting ready to start Matthew, not this week, but next week. And so what I'll do is um, I think that the book as a whole breaks down into three uh, nice big parts. And so what I'll do is I'll do the book of Matthew over the course of about 35 weeks, but there'll be like three mini series in this mm-hmm. big series. And so we'll break it down. So most of the times we're preaching through books or sections of books. And then in the in-between, we'll do one-off uh, topical series of things like that. Are you already preparing for that Matthew series? Yeah, you got yeah, it pretty much mapped out. Past, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first part at least. So, yeah. so I've got the whole thing generally mapped out, but the first five weeks, chapters one through four, Got that. Yeah, pretty much. Let me look over your shoulder as you do this. All right. All right. Uh, First of all, uh, do you are you comfortable with Greek? You do. Are you proficient in that? I know you're a Dallas grad and and they're big on exegesis. They are. You you learned that there. I didn't. I did not know Greek or Hebrew. So, um, yep, I read a lot of. Yeah, Books. well, I'm, 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 I'm not one of it? those who, I, I, even though my, my doctorate happens to be in Greek, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys who thinks yeah. you can't understand the Bible. Right. Yeah. You know, we we believe in the perspicuity of Scripture. Yep. And that means you can understand the Bible. Yep. Any honest translation is going to show you yep. Jesus. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. So uh, what what do you, do you read commentaries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like any, you have a favorite, any favorites in there that you're uh, consulting? For Matthew, Matthew? yeah, yeah. Um, Craig Keener, yeah, uh, R.T. France has one, um, and then there's there's other smaller ones here and there. But right now, so you know, when I start out, I'm you know just just trying to read the book. I'm just reading the book straight through right. over and over and over again, trying to get a sense of the whole, trying to break it down. And then as I'm trying to break down the series as a whole, I'm reading in-depth a lot of the introductory sections of all of those some backgrounds trying to repaint the picture of the context that date and time what's trying to go on in the book the thematic layout and so i'm trying to just get a breakdown of trying to be able to like palm the book of matthew like a basketball that's my goal right yeah i want to be able to yeah. palm it and know it and to talk and work my way through it you gotcha yeah uh yeah you uh do do you tell me how you outline like do what kind of an outline do you try to come up with is it basically thematic or you are you you focus on application more in your outline what does that look like sermon application yeah 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 when you outline it like yeah is it do you get up and say okay this got four points or how do you do it uh so whenever i preach i'm trying to get to right what is one point what is the one point that I'm trying okay, okay. to communicate? A big idea? Yeah. So what is the big idea? Sometimes it'll take me 
two or three rungs on that ladder to make sure that it's set in folks' minds. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it takes two rungs. So based on the the text, it's a uh, yeah. It's really based on the text. I've gotcha. I've got yeah friends and guys that are they'll put three they'll pull three points and exactly three points out of everything. Out of and everything. I just, yeah, I can't. Yeah. yeah. I, Good. Yeah. I think that's good. So yeah, you're you? trying to you. Yeah. What are you? No. I mean, uh, you know, I, sometimes I have a one point sermon. Right? Sometimes an eight point sermon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right, it's, right, it's, right. I'm trying to bring out what what it yeah. says, and and especially in like I'm preaching through Luke right now. Okay. So Sunday, uh, I'm preaching. Uh, just so happens that I'm preaching the end of five, chapter five, the first part of six, uh, where Jesus is. You know, he's it's he's beginning to confront the Pharisees. Uh, they're saying, well, you know, John's disciples fast and mm-hmm. the Pharisees fast. Right. Why, why, aren't, why aren't your disciples doing this? Yeah. And, and then uh, he gets into it with them about the Sabbath. And basically Jesus is establishing his authority. So right. there are three main sections there. It just so yeah. happens that this Sunday, because there are actually three sections. I, right. I do have three, got big three points. Yeah, oh, for sure. But um, I'm not wed to that. But yeah. uh, and. I love preaching. I love talking about preaching. Yeah. It's just uh, absolutely. You know, I don't get tired of it. Yeah, you know, I teach preaching here and yeah. I preach uh, at Buck Run every week, and so it's just a joy to me. Yeah. Now you, I've watched videos of you. Okay. And you're a really great communicator. Oh, you, you relate well to people. Yeah. Do you think about that much? Is it something you're conscious of, or is it just sort of a natural? aspect of your personality what do you I think know. yeah i think it's just a natural aspect yeah it just comes out like that's how i are you comfortable with people in general oh i am yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a i love so in being a pastor i love preaching right mm-hmm. um i love counseling and i think i love them both equally wow so it's just the thing where you give me you're a rare bird either and i love yeah them both and and i've just seen how one feeds into the other but that's a ministry of the word but they're yeah. both the ministry of the word yeah it is you know yeah. one it's just one has a larger audience with yeah. one you're painting with broad strokes and the other very specific strokes yeah no no it, yeah um i like to think of it as when i'm preaching right i, I want to take one piece of god's text and try to apply it to all of god's people when I'm counseling, um, I want to take all of God's text and try to apply it to one person. And so, yeah, yeah those are the grids that I think. Through. And, yeah, and I love it, right? I love the change that God's word has made on my own heart and soul. And I love when, yeah, I, I just get to see that in the moment when people are having the eyes of their heart awakened to the truth of God's word. Tell me about your marriage. Yeah. Um, you're married how long and to whom? I'll be, I'll, it will be 12 years for us this fall to Chandra. Um, she is amazing. She's very much my complement and opposite in so many ways. So I'm, I'm, yeah, a much better man, husband, and pastor uh, as a result of her. So I'm very grateful that the Lord sent her to me. How'd you meet her? Um, I was, a senior in college, and I went to a college ministry retreat in uh, Tyler, Texas. Uh, she worked for the college ministry that was based in Denton, Texas. Um, and so November 
of 2005. I go to the retreat. We had known of one another through a mutual friend, but that was the first day that we met face to face. And the first time that I saw her, we sat out front and talked for an hour and a half and Mm -hmm. made the decision that next spring to move to Denton, Texas, to be a part of the church plant, to start school at Dallas, but also to be close to her. And a year from the day that I met her, I took it a subway <laughs> and we sat down and just talked and uh, I shared with her how I felt. And then a year from that day, we were married. So yeah. uh, she was already a believer when she met her. She was, man. Uh, yeah. What, either of you uh, from a pastor's home? Yeah. My dad is a pastor. So yeah. I've been a bivocational pastor uh, yeah, for as long as I can remember. And yeah, so. So you grew up. Hearing preaching, yeah. thinking about preaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I love to ask guys this question okay. because uh, this on. is unique, and and you don't read this in any preaching book. Okay. But tell me uh, about your wife's ability to listen to and critique your sermons. Yeah. So one of the things that I love about my wife is she is um, she's very honest and candid, right? So. Um, I never have to guess or speculate how my wife is feeling because she will mm-hmm. say it. And um, in former days, I think I used to take that hard and it was hard, but now I just see it as such a gift. And so she yeah. has an ability to be able to like, not just critique my sermons, but because she knows me so well, she can tell when, yeah. you know, when I'm insecure, she can tell when, I'm speaking in such a way, not just to get a point across, but to to get a laugh or to get applause. And so she just has an insight into yeah. me that nobody else does that, yeah, that again, just makes me just a better man. Like I am- No hiding from right, it. Right, right. Yeah, not uh, at all. I, I know that feeling yeah, my wife is by far my most faithful critic. Yeah. And I mean that in the best sense of the word, yeah. but there's no hiding from her. Yeah. You know, she can tell when I'm just pinpointing from my. You know, she. Uh, one of the most dangerous places in the world yeah. to be is operating in the realm of talent, mm-hmm. and most people can't tell. Right. You know, they think, "Oh, that's great." Yeah. But my wife can. She tell. can. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you, that was you. That yeah. wasn't the spirit. That mm-hmm. was you. And uh-huh. oh, that's. But man, aren't we glad the Lord gave them to us? Absolutely. You know, I think a, a pastor who is afraid to let his wife speak into his life and comment, make yeah. those comments is really missing something. Absolutely. They, they're, they are faithful. Absolutely. You wrote the, the book that Nine Marks published uh, on prayer. Yeah. Tell me about, about prayer. You know, prayer is a mysterious thing, it and is. I think sometimes we, we don't really like to talk about our prayer life, no. but tell me about yours. How, how do you pray? When do you pray? Yeah, tell yeah, me about yeah. the prayer the the role of prayer in your life and specifically in your sermon prep. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me start by just saying yeah, part of writing the book, I think, was, you know, one of the things that I feel like God had used to shape and to help my own life, right? In the same way like preaching, you know, in one aspect, um, I'm grateful for the burden of the past twelve years of pastoring and being uh, compelled to study God's word to share with the church, 
And I would like to think that if I didn't have that duty and obligation that I would be mm-hmm. as ardent of a student of the word as I am. But I know that that part of the reason that um, I've grown as much as I have in the word is because of that responsibility. And God has used the responsibility of preaching to help tether my heart to his word in a way that I don't know I would have without that duty. And so, yeah, I think that the uh, the the uh, book was the same way. Like, I am, prayer is hard for me. It is a discipline and it is a struggle. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come mm-hmm. easy. I can always find or think of a million other things to do, right? Yeah, I've never really struggled with reading my Bible, right? studying, counseling, but I have struggled with prayer. You know, as I, as I have gotten older, mm-hmm. prayer has become more natural to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, how so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you, what do you, you know, uh, you're how old? 34. Okay, so when I was 34, I had just finished my doctorate, and I was at a church that was just growing leaps and bounds, and I was so caught up in the planning and the doing yeah. and the executing. I had two young sons. They were like 11 and 9 at that time. Um. And prayer was something I added on. Yeah, it really was, uh, and it, it it felt like a duty. Yeah, crisis came. Oh, I'd spend time in right, prayer in right, crisis. Right. right. The older I have gotten, and uh, certain habits changed. Yeah. One is uh, I used to stay up real late. Yeah. And uh, sort of got up when I had to. Um, I was never like sleeping in later, but you yeah. know I didn't get up till I had to. Now it, that's reversed. Right. My wife and I go to bed fairly early, and we go to bed together. Yeah. We we don't go to sleep for a couple of hours, right. and and you know we read, we talk, we yeah. watch TV. Yeah, uh, we don't think it's unspiritual, <laughs> unscriptural to have a TV in the bedroom. We're, you know we're okay with that. And, <laughs> right. But that's our that's our time together. Yeah. It's funny. You know, a lot of times I'll come home at like at seven o'clock. We're going like, what time do you want to go to bed? What? You know yeah. we and. And so we do that, but I will wake up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Okay. And I used to joke that people get up early in the morning, just do it to brag about it. I said, I'll sleep in until 9, and I've got God all to myself. You know, <laughs> then all those other spiritual people are done with yeah. it. Uh, but honestly, now I find myself getting up at 4.30 or 5, and I love that time yeah. alone with the Lord. Yeah. It's no, it's not a duty. It's, it's a joy. Yeah. And just communing with the Lord. Uh, you know, like I'll tell you, last week I was reading, I was preparing for my sermon in Luke last Sunday, and I, I just reading over that text every morning about Jesus touching the leper. Mm. The leper uh, the leper says to Jesus, if you will, you can make, make me clean. clean. Yeah. He doesn't say you can make me well. Yeah. You know, here's the guy who has to keep his hand over his mouth and say, unclean, unclean, everywhere he goes. And what he wants is not merely to be well, but to be clean. And he says to Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will. And he touches him. He touches him. And Mm. I I got so Mm. overwhelmed with Jesus the holy son of God touching the unclean leper, you yeah. know, 
anybody else who touches him becomes unclean themselves. Yeah. Right? Amen. Jesus, he communicates cleanness. Nobody else can do that. Right. You can you can communicate uncleanness. Right. Amen. But you can't communicate cleanness, but Amen. Jesus can, and he does. And man, I just got so overwhelmed with that. Amen. And just and uh and just to pray and to praise. There are certain joys in getting older. Amen. Now there's a lot of junk too. I'll yeah, tell you. Right, right, right. Stuff doesn't work like it used to and yeah. all that, you know, and you ache. But man, I wouldn't trade it. I, I uh, I'm grateful for the maturing just really in my prayer life. Yeah. So prayer is such a it's a joy, and I will and I will tell you, man, your your book on prayer is yeah. a blessing. Oh, thank you, brother. And it, it is an encouragement, and I, I I will I just want to encourage you, man, that you're you're touching a lot of people, oh. and uh, you're going to be one of those people that I pray for on a regular oh, basis you, because I'm just so delighted by your ministry. Thank you, brother. Um, well, here's a um, to answer your first question. So prayer has been a struggle and a discipline, but I found that like any other discipline um, that my soul is helped when I do it. When you do it. Right. And That's so right. Um, I've never been one to be able to stay up late. So it's ironic that you bring that up. I have a two-year-old daughter at home right now. Uh -huh. um, she goes to bed at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, I've always gotten up at 5 or 5.30, and then I would hang around the house. I'd go into work at 9 o'clock. I'd come back home at 5. I'd have two hours to spend with her, and she would go to bed. So starting uh, November of last year, um, I just started to wake up at 4 a.m. So each morning, I wake up at 4 a.m. I've, I've got a little shed on the backside of my house. I'll make coffee. I'll go out there. And I got this one from Mark Dever. What Mark does with the directory of his church, and I saw him do this, you know, five or six years ago, and I spent some time in D.C. Every morning as he's reading the Bible, he'll take names of his church, and he'll just pray through those names. So when I get up each morning, I go through the last or two letters of the alphabet. Their names are all in my phone. And so as I'm reading, I'm just praying for all the folks that are a part of my church, praying for my wife, praying for my family, praying for my church. And so I'll do that and I'll read and spend some time there. Now, then, uh, th that, that has to have an impact on your preaching. Oh, no, no. Because wait. when you stand to preach... You're preaching to the people yeah. you've been praying yeah. for. Yeah. So it's a, yeah. So it's all of these, I think, unintended consequences that just come as a result yeah. of doing the faith, uh, being well, faithful to the things that God calls it's us to. Being the do. shepherd. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's begging with the one the, the one who has bread to give you bread right. for those that need it. Amen. Uh, man, praise yeah. the Lord. Um, let me. Uh, I just want to say yeah. thank you for your ministry. Oh, thank you. You, you are such an encouragement. Oh. Uh, and I want to encourage you yeah. that you are your, – your reach is going far beyond the people you preach to every week. God's yeah. using you in ways oh. you're not even aware of. Yeah. And I just delight to see the Lord's hand on you. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm praying for you. I know that the, the enemy must assail you frequently in yeah. many different ways. Yeah. But uh, – Man, we need you. Hey, thank you, brother. And I'm, I'm, 
going to be praying for you uh, frequently and yeah. fervently. Thank you, brother. I want to just thank you for being with us on wow. uh, Pastor Well today. And yeah, glad to be here. Uh, as uh, we sign off, I like to do what I call the twinkling of an eye round. Just Come ask on. a bunch of, of questions, short questions, and uh-huh. just hear your answer to, all right? Okay. Here we go. Right. Who's your favorite secular author? Um, Tony Morrison. Uh, what three preachers have influenced you the most? Um, Charles Spurgeon. Uh, William Branch, uh, and uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. All right. Those two are good. All right. What book of the Bible would you most fear preaching through? Anything Uh, daunting? Oh, man, tackling that. Revelation, until I had a brother come and preach at our church this past week, he preached Revelation 4 and 5, Bo Hughes from the Village Church that you can go on the Cornerstone Church podcast. He preached it, and it made me all fear that I had. I was like, man, Bo, uh, oh, it's so clear, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. Revelation. Uh, I, I, I waited <laughs> 30 years into my ministry right. before I did it. <laughs> right, so right, I, right. I share that. Yeah. But, but once you do get a handle on it, it unfolds beautifully. Oh, it made me want to read and study yeah. Do you remember your first sermon? Uh, I do. What was it? What did you preach? I preached um, John chapter 8, 1 through 11, the parable of Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. Uh, really? Yes. Uh, was it any good? No. It oh, was it was bad. Really? It was terrible. I preached it at my dad's church. My dad and my, my mom were so encouraging, but it was I look back now, and I don't think I have the notes anywhere. I'm glad I <laughs> did it at a time uh, where I there have, were no podcasts or anything. But I have a tape bad. of mine. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, what just, do you, I, I can't bear. I could not bear to listen to it. You still have it. I still have it. Oh, it's a cassette yeah. tape, yeah. and it will never see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, it might uh, uh, a long time. All right, if you could take your wife anywhere in the world tomorrow, where would it be? Ah. Her dream was to go to Spain. We got a chance to do that last year. If I could take her anywhere in the world, it would be Australia. Mm-hmm. We got good friends out there. Yeah. yeah. If we get uh, all right. And finally, when was the last time you dunked a basketball? Last time I dunked a basketball, last Thursday. You can still dunk. I can still dunk. Son, you the man. Right? <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time since I saw my dunking days, <laughs> right, I'll tell you. Right, right, right. Well, John, it's been a joy to yeah, have you. Oh, I am so great. thankful yeah, thank you, to brother. you for taking the time out to be with us uh, on Pastor Well. And thanks to all of you who tuned in. If you've not yet subscribed, make sure you do so on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. I look forward to seeing you next time on Pastor Well.